it's time for Greg Bishop and the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Be sure to check them out at their downtown location. Open for lunch. Head West Subs. Counts Roundup here on 92.7, 94.7, and 970 AM. Last night's Springfield City Council meeting, about a two-hour, 50-minute meeting, a lot covered, including a presentation from Springfield Police Chief Kenny Winslow uh, talking about a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, he has a presentation about crime stats, uh, shot spotter data, and so much more. Here's uh, the police chief. You know, we know that these kids are getting guns, and we know they're getting guns. Now let's go all the way back to the beginning of the meeting and the beginning of his presentation. Here we go. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three. In 2020, we answered 110,412 calls for service. Our five-year average is 123,048 calls for service. We contributed this decrease to the pandemic. Obviously, uh, we started talking to our officers early on when the pandemic broke out about uh, policing, and we referred a lot of calls to the desk, as well as uh, we had less calls uh, from the citizens at that point in time. We also were doing less traffic stops. He also uh, laid out some of the uh, statistics when it comes to felonies that are reported to the feds. The next slide is our Part 1 index crimes. You'll see in 2020, our Part 1 index crimes were actually down 7%. These are the stats that we report to the feds. Our five-year average is 6,475. Last year, we had 5,582. It's a bit of a decrease there. Uh, Other stats he laid out. We saw a nice reduction in burglaries. Some of that is because people were staying home more. Our homicide rates went from 9 to 11. Our five-year average is 9. Uh, motor vehicle theft stayed about flat. Our robberies were down slightly. Our sexual assaults were down slightly. And our thefts were down pretty significantly. He also talked about uh, more homicides uh, being reported this year. That there were 11 homicides total and that nine of them occurred by gunshot. We always track that because a lot of times... Uh, uh, we're trying to get guns off the street and how they contribute to that. The other part of the chart here that you'll see is a table to the left. It shows the homicide clearance rate in the U.S. compared to SPD. And as you'll see, they were significantly higher than the national average every year. So they are finding and charging uh, homicide suspects on a, a higher rate than what the average is nationally. Uh, but he said that they, uh, they still need help. They're responding to calls, but they still need help from the public. So our guys and girls are out there doing what they can, we can get this rate higher with community support and community help and people saying what they know and providing information. Now on to uh, data about shootings. Police Chief Kenny Winslow in front of the Springfield City Council last night breaking some of that data out. Last year we had 377 confirmed shots fired. We knew when we implemented shots fired we were going to see a large increase. The people stayed here and they told you that we were probably getting 10 to 15 percent of reported shots fired. we thought that would be extremely low. We thought we'd be closer to 40 to 50% reportings. It appears that they are accurate in their estimations. Today, we still get numerous shot spotters with no calls from the community. It's pretty incredible. Uh, <laughs> there are more shootings captured by shot spotter than they get calls in. I, I, I get that uh, you know, you're going to have that, obviously, but... Uh, pretty incredible just to hear the uh, the overall numbers there. Uh, meanwhile, number of victims that are uh, uh, at the other end of a gun, not necessarily fatalities, but just the number of people who've been shot. The line across the bottom, which you'll see there, is that we had 54 people shot last year. Our five-year average is 46 people, so there's a pretty good increase there. Um, 
not as high as other cities have seen, but obviously higher than what we've all seen last year due to the pandemic and other reasons that contributed to this. And I'm sure experts that are much smarter than me will be studying the effects of the pandemic on crime for the next 20 years, trying to understand why the rises that communities across the country saw and how come some of them were so steep. Meanwhile, uh, focus on guns and where these guns are, who has these guns. Last year we recovered 269 firearms. Our five-year average is 242 firearms recovered. And more stats. We've had 77 confirmed shots fired call from January till today. 24 people shot. Three have died from those gunshot wounds. Uh, 36 firearms-related arrests and 66 firearms recovered so far year today as of today again that's just through the first three months of this year so the first quarter of this year those are those stats what about the types of programs that there are uh to try to stem some of this violence to try to stem some of the uh uh the shooting victims and 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 cracking down on all of this we're in the early stages of re-implementing our focus deterrence program we've told you in the past that we suspended that due to the pandemic we're trying to figure out how we can do that uh, safely right now, where we can't do the call-ins, but maybe looking at another alternative method, such as custom notification, to try to re-implement that, so we can try to reach some of these younger kids uh, and get them the help they need. But uh, the focus, of course, uh, seems to be on uh, really cracking down on firearms, on crime that uh, you have victims getting shot and so on. And you know, we know that these kids are getting guns, and we know they're getting guns from a multiple sources. Some are through straw purchases. Some of them are through car burglars. Some are through residential burglars. We also know that there's a black market for guns. We also know there's what we call dumpster guns, where guns can be found in certain neighborhoods and are hidden. Uh, trying to figure out where they're getting the guns, where they're getting the ammo. We have an ATF agent who is embedded in our department that is helping us trace every gun that comes back. We're running every casing through our NIBA machine to connect uh, these crimes together. So a lot of work being done behind the scenes, more from the police chief. We're looking at technology. Uh, the mayor has authorized us to look at additional uh, technology out there, such as potentially license plate readers and additional crime cameras. And more. Get involved. You know those people who are at risk. If you can be a mentor for one day, one hour a day, one hour a week, three hours a week, whatever, get back whatever you can. So a variety of things uh, that the police chief's looking at to help uh, focus on combating crime. More technology, uh, more uh, help from the public with their eyes and ears through Crime Stoppers, uh, and also just trying to find more mentorship-type programs. Uh, so uh, that's the police chief's uh, presentation about some of the crime stats uh, that are out there. And, of course, you can get a much more in-depth uh, review of that uh, by checking out last night's meeting. Uh, the It's right there at the beginning. But coming back, we got a lot of other stuff to tackle here for the Council Roundup, uh, including a, a mass amount of annexations that uh, was brought up last week. Uh, but we hear some of the debate again last night. And uh, some aldermen critical of the mayor in his decision uh, over the economic development director's departure at Val Yazel, uh, but also just about communication in general. So all of that's still on the way here with the Council Roundup. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. All right, so a lot covered last night, including uh, questions about procedures here. Uh, and one thing that happens a lot is aldermen will propose an ordinance. They may debate it, but they'll keep it in committee. And there are provisions to essentially remove those measures from committee to just remove them from the agenda altogether or to move them for possible final passage or debate and whatnot. And if you look at the ordinances that remain in committee, I've seen that thing be like five pages long. 
of measures that have been filed months and months and months ago, in some cases years ago, that just remain on committee. Uh, and here's one of them uh, the mayor was uh, was bringing out of committee and uh, it was brought up, but a little bit of question about overall the rules. You'll hear from Alderman McMiniman. You'll hear from Alderman Hanauer uh, and Alderman Redpath as well, including Corporation Counsel Jim Zirkel. Place agenda number 2018-110 on final passage. Uh, point of order, Mr. Mr. Uh, mayor. Now, I, I want you to listen again to the, the first number in this ordinance. All right. Think about what year it is right now. It's 2021. The first number of ordinances is the year of which they were filed. So listen real closely. Place agenda number 2018 2018. 2018. They're putting this measure uh, up for possible passage. 2018, this measure has been sitting there in the city council chambers. Uh, it's 2021. Uh, On more. final passage. Uh, point of order, Mr. Mr. Uh, Mayor, yes, I, I believe our rules are very clear cut that ordinances after six months they come off the agenda, and our rules are very clear that they shall come off the agenda. So, I think the uh, the proper way to handle this is to reintroduce this ordinance. This in, in, ordinance was introduced three years ago, 2018. It's pretty incredible. So, uh, Alderman McMiniman just uh, you know wanting to have some kind of uh, you know, same process here. Uh, Alderman Hanauer, however, jumping in, uh, uh, criticizing McMiniman for his approach. You know, it's Joe. It's amazing. If it, if it benefits you, hey, that's a personal if it comment. Benef- if it's just, it a, ben- just a point I'm of order. Before, Joe, oh, I asked for say. point of order. He keeps it on, but if it doesn't benefit him, he wants it off. Last week, we talked about withdrawal. He said he fought hard. You can't withdraw if it's not your ordinance, if, if you're not the sponsor. I'm the sponsor. I don't want to withdraw him. More from uh, the back and forth. Alderman McMiniman jumping in. Well, if you ask him a question, you are wrong about it because we are a body well, of rules. That's what, that's and you just asked the question, so I'll answer the question. Rule 6.8 is very clear, uh, Alderman Hanauer, that ordinances well, come off the agenda after six months of Well, let's vote on and it because been if out you don't have the votes, you can, so you you can just, just shut up. Question. I'm trying to give you an answer because <laughs> you asked the question. We're a body of rules. Now, let's follow the rules. That's just a simple sentence. It has nothing to do with personal preference. It, yes, it, it is because it does. Where's the gavel? And I, uh, Where, where's the uh, gavel? Uh, the way you're approaching this, because I mean, the Alderman Hanauer. Order in the chamber. No, but I know that. I know how I guess I'd ask Corporation Council if you'd interpret the rules for us, please. So, no gavel used, but the mayor did eventually jump in there and try to separate the two. Hey, keep six feet apart, guys. Um, Alderman Hanauer talking about the rules, and he has questions about, you know, how are these rules all put together? And I know they've, they, they've, been, they've been changed since the initial first, since Abraham Lincoln and Chuck Redpath started the, the automatic uh, deal. <laughs> Jeez. More, more from Alderman Hanauer. We, we've got rules that say that People can't sign up unless they, they they go they sign up they can't speak until they sign up 48 what 24 48 hours before okay we it's a rule we got other rules are we if, if we're gonna follow the rules we need to follow the rules 
Corporation Counsel Jim Zirkel saying, hey, you guys have changed the rules uh, even recently a couple of different times. Uh, I, I was simply going to say, I mean, the this, <clears throat> this council has changed two or three rules over the last two or three years, and there's simply an ordinance that's brought to change the rules. There's a published you know, set of rules. They, they have to comply with state regulations, of course, but aldermen can go through and change those rules. Uh, here's Alderman Redpath uh, responding because his name was brought up in debate and alongside Abraham Lincoln. Uh, Alderman Hanauer, thank you for referring to my good friend Abraham Lincoln and I. We, uh, <laughs> we both appreciate your, uh, your oratory. That's funny. All right. So uh, just a little bit of a sidetrack there from last night's meeting uh, where aldermen were debating the rules. And as far as should we have an ordinance that's been sitting there uh, getting dust on in a committee for three years, then all of a sudden be brought out and, and passed? Uh, interesting debate. Uh, also uh, curious if the gavel was lost last night or what but all right stay tuned we will get into other heated issues from last night's Springfield City Council meeting including annexations and criticism of how the mayor handled a recent departure at City Hall so stay tuned it's on the way here on the WMAY morning news feed it is the council roundup brought to you by head west subs when you want a great sub you've got to head west nearly three-hour-long council meeting last night. And if you missed the entirety of what we covered with the uh, police crime stats that Kenny Winslow offered up, that is right at the beginning of the meeting last night. So if you get a chance, you can check out the Springfield City Clerk's website and their audio and uh, take all of that in. Uh, hopefully the police department does uh, put up the, the presentation. That'd be good, too. Uh, so people can go delve through those numbers. Uh, but moving on, uh, after uh, hearing that and some debate about rules, uh, it was time to bring back up the issue of annexation. If you recall last week, a lot of discussion about the annexation of a ton of properties, and these property owners were not happy about the idea. So there were discussions about what to do with the ordinances. Uh, should they put them back in committee and just do nothing with them? Should they table them or should they advance them to today's last night's meeting? Uh, well, they chose to table them last week, but then Alderwoman Conley, uh, she moved to bring it back out for debate. So they went ahead and uh, took it off the table, brought it out for debate. Uh, and Alderman Hanauer landed out there some of the chief criticisms about these uh, efforts to annex a ton of different properties. We didn't meet with them. They couldn't get much information from the city. Um, they just got a form letter saying that they were going to get annexed. And, and it's kind of the same way we did it last time. And that's not a good way to go about it. I'm sorry, but, you know, we didn't know about, about this until our phone started getting ringing off the hook. Um, I think I had a lot of them out in my ward and people were not happy and so we had to take the heat and we knew nothing about it you heard a lot of that uh heat last week for the council meeting that uh, they heard a lot of the criticism uh but more from alderman hanauer i'll tell you right now there's 25 people out on spalding orchard road that are stinking mad and i did not get one call from one person and last week we had nobody that were, were raised their hand said, I'd like to come in. More from Hanauer. We can't, we, we can't continue to do the things we're doing you know, on these land grabs. I just don't think that's right. 
So some applause from uh, those in the uh, audience at the Springfield City Council meeting. Uh, and, of course, Hanauer saying that they didn't go through the proper process, but uh, Jim Zirkel, Corporation Council, says they did. Notices went out, and then there were follow-up meetings with people uh, to go through the pros and cons of it. And again, the, the city is uh, required to do certain things to give a notice, uh, and then it's, uh, there can be a process after the notices are given uh, to allow time for meetings and so on. And historically, at least that's been the way the city uh, has handled it. Alderwoman Conley, who moved to bring these measures out so that they could vote them up or down, uh, she laid out some of her concerns. I, I really think, Mayor, I understand that we're, we're following the letter of, of, the, of the law here on this, and, and I certainly encourage that we should, but these are great properties. I know um, there's one that would be in Ward 8, for sure, on, on Cokie Mill. Um, you know, you're talking about people who have an existing lifestyle that... I think in a lot of ways, the perception is that won't fit with the city. And then you hear more uh, about some of the concerns that uh, Conley raises. Because I, I agree, we should be closing these, these donut holes. It's, it's important for us to do that, but it needs to be done in a way that's respectful of everyone. And she obviously was a big fan of PBS with this reference. We were watching, um, look at Mr. Rogers. You know, I would like you guys to be our neighbors. Won't you be? But I want you to want to be the neighbor. Please, won't you? We be? want you to want to be in Springfield. I want you to be my neighbor. Uh, Connolly continues. Uh, it's important to to have a well-rounded uh, conversation about what are the benefits and what are the cons. I will be voting no. I, I think that there's a certain amount of respect that you have for people that you want to be part of your, your community. And, and that was not followed this time. And so that's uh, one of the chief reasons why she's voting no against this. Alderman Donnellan, uh, asking a pretty basic question. Why do we want to do this? What's the purpose? What's the benefit to the city of Springfield municipality? So mayor Jim Langfelder wasn't at last week's meeting where they spent a lot of time on this. Well, he was at last night's Springfield city council meeting and he was able to uh, talk about some of the rationale he has for wanting to annex these properties. in. I think uh, when it comes down to services, I think uh, fire, fire department can tell you we received a $1.4 million cut. Although when Conley brought up the fiscal impact, I think uh, with regards to those numbers, uh, Director McCarty is calculating that. What would the impact be to uh, the residents out here and then also to the city? But the city would receive, uh, you know, property tax and um, any, I'm not sure what businesses. There are some along that area. Their sales tax dollars, of course, would come into the city with so regards so to that. money. So it's money, Donilon says. Uh, Alderman McMiniman says, yeah, it's, it's money. To the extent we have more population within the city, um, we get more revenue to maintain our roads that those that are in the holes in the donut are using. Not just the roads in front of their homes, but to go just about anywhere, you have to use city roads. So it's appropriate that the city get the revenue from the motor fuel tax monies. We also get, the, the, the municipalities get a, it used to be 10% of income tax revenue the state of Illinois collects gets redistributed to municipalities based on their population. So to the extent we have more population, that's more revenue that the city uh, gets. Alderman Conley jumping back into the debate. And so if we have things like someone's shooting off fireworks in an unincorporated area within our boundaries, we have noise ordinances. You're not allowed to violate a noise ordinance. And our police, I mean, we can work with that. In terms of things like burning leaves, I mean, 
There's a state law that regulates that too. Technically, you can't be burning leaves within 1,500 feet of a municipality that has an ordinance regulating leaf burning. I mean, some of these things necessarily brought up uh, currently. So, uh, yeah, it's money. It's uh, other issues like regulations within the city limits versus those that are outside of the city limits. Uh, Connolly continues. We just need to have better outreach, better information, and a better sense of what we're giving people. Back to Alderman Hanauer, who uh, has really led the charge on uh, opposing this effort. It would cost them just in bags, $1,500, just in bags at, in the spring and then again in the fall. Currently, he he burns them. So this is they, one example of somebody who could be affected by this. Uh, but you also have uh, the idea of uh, being grandfathered in. And uh, some of these properties have livestock, horses, ducks. Uh, chickens. I think you can have chickens in Springfield. I'll have to double check on that. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of property, acreage, uh, livestock out there. You know, timber. Uh, a lot of uh, yard waste. If they can't burn that stuff, what are they going to have? They're going to have to bag it up. Fifteen hundred bags. That's expensive. Uh, Mayor uh, Langfelder jumping back in and kind of laying out uh, his his overall uh, idea of what's going on here. Anybody to leave here? You know, if it goes down. You need to be aware that uh, we will probably, you know, reassess and move forward and just determine what the best uh, process would be with regards to uh, what would make sense. And I I just don't want to give you a false sense of security uh, because what we're trying to do, we feel, you know, I I truly believe with the holes in the donut, it's the best uh, option as you move forward. There are a bunch of people who addressed the council last night from a variety of different perspectives. Uh, those who, uh, who've who lived here in the area for a long time, those who recently just got property in the area. Here's one in particular. Penny Patterson and Margie O'Brien and have horses. We have two now, and I understand they'll be grandfathered, but when I retire in a couple of years, I might want an additional one. And so we don't want to make that decision now, like on what we have to be grandfathered in going forward. So... Uh, we just moved in September from out of state, so this is all pretty shocking to us. God, it's got to be frustrating, right? You just move here from out of state in September during a pandemic thinking you're going to get some solace being in somewhat of a rural area with a lot of acreage and livestock. Then all of a sudden, the city of Springfield drops a letter on you saying, we're going to annex you. Yeah, that'd be kind of rough. Uh, I'd <laughs> I feel like I got the slip. Uh, others addressing the council last night. My name is John Sheedy. John Sheedy. He's in Woodside Township. But it's really Woodside Township. I've lived there with my wife for 57 years. And you're asking us to, to come into the city to help you out. You can't get policemen to service the people in the city. And you're talking about 1.4 million deduction in the fire department, and you want to protect us for fire. Alderman McMenon said, if we get these people in, we'll have that much more money for the streets. I would say you need a lot of money for the streets. Yeah, we do. And the Springfield. <laughs> uh, more from Mr. Sheedy. McMillan said you've got a parcel out on West that's 15 acres. The guy's burning leaves. Why don't you annex him and leave us alone? 
So that seemed to be the uh, the general consensus of uh, those who addressed the council last night. Let's hear the uh, the vote. And the vote was to deny. So how did the vote break down? Let's hear each individual cast their ballot. Alderman Redpath. No. Alderman Gregory. Aye. Alderman Williams. Yes. Alderman Fulgenzi. No. Alderman Proctor. No. Alderman McMiniman. Yes. Alderman Conley. No. Alderman Donlin. No. Alderman Hanauer. No. You said six no's and three yeas, Mayor. Thank you, and uh, thank you for coming. We appreciate the feedback, and we will take notes and uh, make those part of the minutes. So, uh, the, I guess the motion was actually to uh, approve, and those who voted no disapproved. So, ultimately, it failed. Uh, so, it didn't advance, and that's after a lot of debate over the past two weeks. Uh, more debate from last night, not on annexation, but on the mayor and uh, his decisions about uh, economic development. We'll actually have to extend the council roundup into the next segment so that we can highlight that and give it due justice. Stay tuned. Uh, an extended version of the council. Council Roundup from a nearly three-hour meeting last night. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Their location downtown, open for lunch. Head West Subs. When you want a great sub, you've got to head west. Last night's meeting was nearly three hours long, so a lot to get to. Still yet, including debate about what happened with the city's economic development director, Val Yazel. That news last week, Mayor Jim Langfelder uh, letting Val Yazel go. Uh, and Alderwoman Conley sounding off last night about the move, saying that uh, Val was uh, somebody who was great at outreach and keeping people plugged in and talking to all those impacted, especially over the past year during the pandemic. Another look at this new direction you're taking so that we ensure that we have someone in the city as dedicated and qualified as Val Yazel was to move us past this, this position. Because it's, it is disappointing. And I, I think you've done the city a disservice. Well, I know you have a close, close personal relationship. No, I don't have I a think close personal relationship. Uh, I, have gavel, I have a close right? personal relationship. No, I'm sorry. I have gavel, businesses. Right. right? Are you going to pay me the respect? I mean, that's what you're well, talking about. Then could you not make an respect. assumption about why I'm saying things? I'm With telling you what I'm to, uh, my Let's talk about economic development, shall we? Yes. I was the one that went to the legislature and got the downtown TIF extended. I was the one. We are the only city that got a double extension to downtown TIF. You know what that meant? That meant the $30 million YMCA project that was built during the pandemic. That meant the Chamber of Commerce over there at the center of 501. That meant the Bicentennial Plaza. None of those projects would not have happened except for my leadership in going over to the State House. Mayor continued to uh, defend his position here. And it's no, not a, uh, I'm not going to make this personal. I know other people want me to make it personal. It is not personal. I gave her the contract with regards to economic development, and I appointed her the director. Uh, the council tried to defund the position. Just this past year, we tried to dismantle the department. So if the council is looking at dismantling the department, I cannot, you know, it's, it's mixed miss. It's mixed. Uh oh. They then started having some technical difficulties where uh, apparently, like, a YouTube video started playing or something. I don't know. I think we're being played out of off the stage, man. Yeah, I don't and know. And then what music that started that playing. All of them at minimum. Oh, 
that, that, yeah. that vocalization was was perfectly timed. Alderman McMinimum. <laughs> so uh, they had apparently a YouTube mishap with YouTube video playing over this. Who knows what happened? Uh, back, back to the debate. Here's Alderman McMiniman. Two or three emails, and basically they wanted to know what, what's the inside story. Well, the inside story is that the mayor gets to choose whoever he wants to be for uh, a director subject to advice and counsel of the, of the city council with a vote. And that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. I don't know what's happening here. Alderman McMiniman. Sorry, I had to play that again. <laughs> Just trying to bring a little levity to the seriousness of the conversation. Maybe that was the point of the of the music being uh, blasted. <laughs> I don't even know what song that was. Uh, it's, the, it's the council roundup continuing now. Let me gain my uh, composure here. Uh, Alderwoman Conley. But what I really don't understand is what's the plan? Because I w- I'm, I'm a planner. I would like to know. The Office of Planning and Economic Development two critical things we need right now. More from the Alderwoman. I don't hear from you very often. Well, you know, uh, they call this Everyone thing we have here is a cell phone. It works both ways. Yes, it does. to that, so. <laughs> Guess that's one response to people saying, hey, uh, Mayor, you don't reach out to us enough. Well, the cell phone, you can call me anytime. Uh, mayor also talking about some of the conversations surrounding uh, the departure of Val Diesel and whether or not it had anything to do with that facility that the NAACP was looking to get some public financing for, uh, for the roof and for that uh, alternative school. Uh, the mayor was very passionate about that. And we, I made the decision when this council did not take the advice of our Economic Development Commission experts. They're in banking. They're in real estate. They provided the yes vote. You should support this initiative. What did the council do? No. During a pandemic, when they have probably 25 low-income students that have been expelled to school, they want to put them back in the classroom. That's where they needed to be. So the mayor um, defending the, his his decision there, uh, and he also talked more about uh, Val Yazel in particular. Val was well-respected. That's why I hired her. She was involved with the local first, the chamber of commerce. We had a relationship for a long period of time. And he also talked about his vision for the city when it comes to economic development. He said he wants to focus on the urban core. He wants to focus on collaboration with other taxing bodies like the Springfield School District. Uh, And he laid out a whole bunch of different things. Alderman Proctor jumping in and saying it's good to hear these things because they don't necessarily get to hear much like that. Working together in communication. So, you know, I think we need to do this more often, poke you, because we got more out of you here right now than about what you want to do for the city, which I think is great stuff that I've heard in the last six years, to be honest with you. And everything you said is great. I think it's going to be great for the city and great to do. But we just don't know it. We just don't. Don't get enough from the mayor, they say. Uh, So I would imagine you'll probably, uh, it's one of those ongoing criticisms that I've noticed, not just with Mayor Langfelder. It was during Mayor Houston and I would imagine even previous administrations. For some reason, aldermen sometimes don't feel like they get enough input from uh, the mayor before things break or before they uh, surface to the top uh, or various measures or or priorities and whatnot. Uh, So it's interesting to hear some of that bubble over. Uh, But also, uh, curious about the paid uh, parental leave measure that passed a couple of weeks ago. Where's that stand right now? My understanding is if you were going to veto the parental leave ordinance, you had to have done that before today. So is that going to get signed? It's, uh, It's actually we're looking at an amendment. Uh, it's not going to be signed or vetoed, but it does take effect. 
uh, by this council meeting? Council? Yeah. So it will take effect, but the uh, that's what we're looking at. Okay, so as it far is as an amendment, but it does take effect. It will go into effect uh, today or tomorrow, I guess it would be. Okay, so if someone has a baby tomorrow, they get their leave. Sure. Okay, good uh-huh. to know. Thank you. And it's your council roundup here on the WMAY morning news feed. Brought to you by Head West Subs. When you want to go.